Hey there, and welcome back again to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. The name of this podcast was inspired by hashtag Yes, a Stripper, which was created by stripper L. Stanger. The hashtag was created as a clapback to civilian pole dancers who were posting pole dancing and exotic type dancing content on social media and using hashtag not a stripper. Strippers everywhere felt like they were being separated from and disrespected as the originators of pole dancing. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. This is part two of a call-in podcast, a very special podcast that we had where strippers from all over the world called in to tell us about their working conditions pre and post coronavirus. It was such an epic day of calls. However, there were so many calls um, and there was so much good information that we gathered from these workers that we had to split this episode into two parts. So enjoy these last six callers, part two of Stripper Collins on Yes, a Stripper podcast. Hi, and welcome to this call. This is a podcast specifically for strippers to have their voices be heard. And we have callers from all over the world today. And our first caller with us goes by Ivy. Ivy, how long have you been stripping for? How long have you been a stripper? Um, I started when I was 19 and I'm turning 30 in September. So. Wow, great. <laughs> yeah, all years. over the world. Been yeah. dancing. Um, I've danced all over the world. Uh, actually, apart from, I haven't danced in America. I'm not allowed in America. Let's not talk about that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, Australia, Japan, New Zealand, uh, Spain. Amazing. Uh, Austria. Europe yeah where are you calling from today calling from London UK lovely wow so we you know one of the things that we want to find out is what was going Mm -hmm. on in the industry like what were you seeing before COVID like leading up to this pandemic what was what is the strip club vibe industry vibe going on where you're at currently Okay, so I actually don't currently, well, I don't think anyone does currently, but I, before the pandemic, I wasn't dancing. I danced, the last time I danced was in the run-up towards Christmas. I got frustrated with uh, the amount of money that I ended up having to give the club. I don't like giving other people money and just the way that we're being treated. um, We were in stages of unionising and it just kind of, I felt like basically I went back to this particular club as a kind of mole um, and start the unionizing process because um, yeah. I do full service now and other things. So um, like stripping isn't my main form of income. Right. And I just kind of went in there as a mole, but the, you know, it, nothing really changes. It, you think that it's going to pick up, it's going to pick up. And you think that the Christmas period is, it's like, oh, it's going to get busy, but it kind of just never picked up. I don't think the last two years it ever really picked up. Sorry, it's Bert. Less people are going to the clubs. Um, more people are, uh, like, they have less um, less uh, disposable income. 
um, this is then getting pushed down the line. So the dancers are getting fined, the dancers are getting, um, the house fees are going up, we're having to tip out and stuff. And it's like, we're, we're um, a form of income for the club. And that's not like that we're the only industry right. that I can think of where the workers, the employees, if we can be called employees, like we are, we're keeping the, they say we're keeping the business afloat, but that's not true. Like if you took us away, obviously there would be no business, but there's bars, there's clubs where there aren't dancers. People still go to them. Like people still want to spend their money and go out and have fun. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just really annoying because they say that, oh, yeah, the rent's going up in London. Obviously the economy is going shit. People have less money to spend and it is getting worse. But I think for them to put more girls on, so we're, covering their rent like they right. say and then we're all like fighting against each other it's just like oh, it's just disgusting imagine if there were no house fees and there were only so many girls on and we all made like a shitload of money like because there was uh because there were less girls competing for it there'll be a better run club but they just don't think like that right so do you think that people aren't because what I see in America is the money that they spend on advertising has changed or gone down. They, they don't advertise and they, they rely on the dancers and on social media solely where sex workers are continuously banned and, and sex worker accounts, which would be a strip club account are, are shadow banned a lot, not very visible. So like, are you seeing like maybe they're not initiating enough people to come into the clubs to make it like, cause you said they're spending money at bars and stuff. So I have never worked at a club that have spent money on advertising to a point where you, like I noticed it. Um, so I've worked in many clubs where they say, Oh yeah, you can, you got to go on promo. So like each girl's got to go on promo tonight, like walk around the, the town, hand out flyers, flirt with people. This is like, maybe we get for that, like a drink and I'm sober. Like I don't, I don't want to drink. So we, we have to do it regardless. And what if like you're a, you don't want to out yourself as a dancer for whatever reason, like they still make you and otherwise you get like penalized for it. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's really unfair. And on with the online thing, they do it there's there's this like weird weird rule or like loophole where we're not allowed to take customers um phone numbers yet we're expected to text our clients to come in or regulars to come in do you know what I mean it's like it's just what so yeah. they could always always fire you or always like fine you for something like having your phone out like oh but I'm texting regular oh but you shouldn't give them the number oh why are there no customers girls text your text your regulars do you know what I mean it's just like oh, oh wow god that's so <clears throat> confusing it's like they do it's that very confusing. yeah it's um, just like to keep to keep the rules like not concrete and it just keeps you like on your toes and like them in charge so they can just throw around any um any fines at any point and they're always like right yeah. Wow. So do you know anything about how any dancers were supported either by the government or by their employer after the closures due to COVID-19? So in the UK, it's uh, different to America. We're very lucky. We didn't have to um, tick a box saying that we were sex workers. Um, it, we, we get government support if we need it. So if you don't have any uh, savings, if you don't have any um, assets um, and you need the support of the government, we're very, very blessed that we, we do have access to that. Um, if we are, uh, if we have um, 
residential immigrant um, immigration status. If mm -hmm. we don't, then we're pretty much fucked. So yeah. So if you're not a um, an English citizen, yeah. then you're yeah. fucked. If you don't have um, secure immigration status, Got then it. then you don't have the support of the um, the the government. Basically, you have to have like a, a passport or a visa or something like that. So have you found like do do most of the strippers where you're at right now feel supported due to that? I mean that's really nice that the government is. Like, I mean we are we're so much we're so much better positioned than okay. you guys definitely. Wow. Obviously, um, the amount of money we get is dependent on who lives in our house, like where we are. So at London, you get a little bit more, I think, um, outside a little bit less. Uh, if you have a child, if um, how much your rent is, um, oh. all of these kind of things. So uh, there are lots of things. Yeah, but I mean, it's generally like our welfare system. I mean, like it, it's, I can't speak for everyone. And I know there are lots of sex workers that, um, that, like find it really difficult to get their allowance or their like disability isn't recognized for whatever reason which is really fucking shit mm. but I mean um I, I had to go on um benefits like a couple of years ago and I for me personally I had I had no problem but um, yeah now there's other ways in which uh sex workers my my circle anyways the people that I know have have been going online to make money um, totally. and Obviously, we all pay taxes, wink, wink. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, um, girls have been, been going on to like OnlyFans and things like that to yeah. make some income. Yeah, and I'm like learning new things about OnlyFans. I'm about to kind of dive into that and learn more. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I was on OnlyFans for a minute and then I, I don't mess with that site anymore I find it to be exploited and um I want to be more in control of my content I don't want it yeah. on a third party platform like when my fucking vagina is out you know of course so yeah, yeah um wow do you anyway. have any other any other sites I actually went to a workshop yesterday um I went I was I was in a Zoom workshop yesterday. Yeah, it was uh, run by Umbrella Lane, a great um, organisation supporting sex workers, and uh, it was an introduction to online sex work. It was really, really good. It was like because I'm basically a beginner, like I'm an in-person sex worker, and being forced like online when I've always said no, I don't ever want to do online because I'm not in control of who can see me, and I like right. to have that like that face to face like I can read the client and like are they enjoying I, I need that validation girl you know <laughs> yeah so it was really interesting just and so, so also some of my friends who have done it um they've they've complained that their mental health has gone down because they're constantly like looking at pictures themselves they, they're like oh is this good enough like could I have changed this have I edited it enough like and just looking at your 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 every flaw that you might even have and things that you haven't even noticed before it's just like oh it's just it's really it's frustrating just being left with yourself yeah I hear that I, it's just like hitting me like how hard it is to be to represent yourself as an expressed woman and mm -hmm. to maintain self-confidence on a regular basis because you're doing exactly what you said however mm. like literally society and everything we do thrives off of 
the female image Mm -hmm. And we are like killing ourselves to be up to these standards. Every now and then I have this thought and I always, and I talk about it and it it gets me every time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's really, it's really tough out there. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've not dived into much online stuff. I've been nerding out and like making a website so that it's kind of like for everything that I do so that it's yeah. ready when I can do like in-face work again but I mean yeah it's it's scary like having having the idea of like launching OnlyFans and your content and like oh god it's like are people gonna like it is it good enough like do you know what I mean yeah totally well because normally like you go you go to the club you go to do a job whatever and then you come home and you're like all right that's cool I have a shower wash the club off me and it's like cool I'm, I'm not me I'm not Ivy anymore like I'm I'm done like I'm done with that yeah. but if you're just in your house doing like content all the time and constantly on social media promoting your brand it's like when do you ever turn off when do you right. have time for yourself yeah well, listen, um, our next caller is just about to join us. Um, Brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. So have a great day. Thank you. Yeah. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. All right, Mickey, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we, Our audience would love to know where you're calling from today. I'm currently in Indianapolis. Yep. Nice. And how long have you been a stripper for? I've been a dancer for the past four years. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, so we want to know, we want everyone to know what was work like in the clubs for you before COVID-19? Like, were you treated well? Did you understand your rights as a worker? Were you making money? Was there customers coming in and out? Like just general, how were you feeling? What were you experiencing in your world? Yeah. I mean, clubs, as far as money was good, I was dancing in San Francisco and, um, you know, I, to kind of getting the reputation I was the number one showgirl in SF uh, so it was good um it took me a long time but I had regular clients and okay yeah. <laughs> so were you dancing in Indianapolis as well or just San Francisco um I dance in both places I'm from Indiana so when COVID-19 started like really taking form I came back over here just to get out of the city right and did you, do you feel a difference in your work environment between state to state? Like, are you treated differently in each state as far as like your, your workers' rights or like how you, your relationships with your managers? I mean, yeah, the worker rights are different because in California, we're all employees and here it's independent contractor. So um, that's probably the biggest difference. Um, but as far as like, you know, club to club management is going to vary no matter what state you're in. So yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I guess I was more of like wondering about different procedures in the clubs. And because one of the things that we're noticing even in California is that the procedures of how they're paying their employees, paying their employees now is um, that varies from like city to city uh, that there's like a different system in place. Um, in each city. So I guess I was just wondering if there was a contrast or if you prefer one particular state over the other based on how they treat you guys. Um, I mean, definitely San Francisco will always be my, um, you know, favorite. I, you know, Condor Club, that's my like home club. Love that club. Love the managers and the way they treat us. Probably the best out of any other place I've ever worked. Oh, great. Condor is called Condor Club? 
yeah oldest strip club in san francisco so. really oh that's really cool that's great to hear so what so what's life been like for you and some of your other coworkers after COVID-19? What, you know, were your employees, did they help you or guide you or say anything? Um, you know, communication between the clubs has been very minimal. They kind of just sent out one general text message to everybody just being like, hey, like you could apply or you can apply for, um, you know, uh, unemployment insurance. Yeah. Unemployment. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> so they did tell you that they encouraged you to apply. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. it yeah. Like little, I didn't really. Like, what about when you guys close, like when they shut things down, like how did they handle that? Um, literally I had to call and check to see if it, cause I was, you know, still in, or I just gotten in Indianapolis and the clubs were still open here. Mm. So I literally the day I heard it on the news and I was scheduled to work that night and I literally had to call and be like, Hey, like, are we open? And then they were like, no. Wow. <laughs> so, really? They yeah, didn't even so you just know. Yeah. Um, okay. I have another question for you. Did you get a stimulus check? Yeah. Yeah. You I did. did. Uh, okay. Great. Great. Okay. Because I, I received a question from somebody today saying, Hey, do you know any strippers that got their stimulus check? I said, honestly, I haven't asked anybody. Um, I haven't. Um, but there are, there's also glitches in the system. And she said, Oh, because I'm hearing sex workers aren't getting their stimulus check. And I'm like, and I'm saying this because the audience needs to understand that the media is continuously putting out misleading information about sex workers specifically. And, oh, wow. um, yeah. And so it's a misconception. It's misleading information. If you're reading that in the media, that sex workers are not getting their stimulus checks, that's not true. And I had a feeling that was true. So I'm really glad that you said yes. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. mine a couple of weeks ago. So. Hey, and does the, <laughs> does the IRS know that you're a stripper or a sex worker? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't maybe. know because yeah. the comp it's, I think it has to do with, you know, your employer and how they, you know, cause obviously not every strip club, like I'm under saw entertainment. So not everything is going to be like, Oh, that's definitely like a strip club or whatever. Yeah. See, I don't think the IRS discriminates when it comes to that. I mean, um, I just don't really think that there's a good way for them to tell. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you on that one. I do agree with you on that one. So, okay, great. That is excellent news. I'm so glad. Um, yeah. Okay. Here's my last question. How are you surviving? What are you doing to maintain your income during this time? Yeah. So maintaining the income has definitely been a struggle. I was yeah. fortunate enough. I did have ample saved up. Um, mm -hmm. I was trying to buy a house this next year. So yeah, preparing for the down payment on that. So um, I was lucky that in that sense, but you know, just only fans, sex panther, camming, you know, all those different streams is probably been what's just keeping me like from, you know, losing money. <laughs> yeah. Sex Panther is a new one. I haven't heard of this one yet. Oh, this is probably one of my favorites. Because really? I am a great sexter. <laughs> um, but oh, interesting. Yeah, I am not. I am not a good sexter. I find it to be incredibly irritating. Because you have to think really hard about like... 
you know? Yeah, I don't know. I just remember, like, me as, like, you know, a younger adult always sexting boys, so. Yeah, I mean, it's fun, don't get me wrong, but it's, like, doing it regularly, like, well, I can't say that, because I just, I texted that, like, yesterday, so I have to, like, come up with new vernacular and some new ideas. I mean, you can, like, you know, there's some <laughs> things you can do to automate it. You can always write, write out scripts on, like, the note app and then just, like, copy and paste and send out texts. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're, like, a professional, like, you could teach a sexting class. <laughs> you could! <laughs> Oh, yeah. That was really good. Thank you. I'll, <laughs> noted. I will. I will. I'll just make a like. I'll spend like an hour just sexting myself, basically, and I'm just like copy and paste. That's so yeah, there you go. But yeah, I like it. They pay per text message, and they pay more if you send out photos, and even more money if you choose to send videos. So nice. It's just another way to. Well, that's great. Well, you seem like you're a survivor and adapter, uh, and um, an ambitious go getter. I'm definitely getting that from you so right on glad you're doing okay out there thanks thank yeah you. thank you so much for calling in yeah no worries I'll be in touch okay all right all right bye bye okay so on the line now we have Megan calling in Megan can you let our audience know where you're calling in from I'm calling in from Lansing Michigan lovely well, thank you so much um, for being here. It's really important that we're hearing strippers' voices from all over the country and even the world. Um, so what we need to know, how long have you been a stripper for? About three years. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're, you were, before COVID-19, dancing in Michigan, right? Yes, I was in okay. three different cities. Three different cities in Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> all kind of close to each other, though, right? Yeah, within about an hour to an hour and 20 minutes driving distance from where I am. Okay. Why three different clubs? Um, Well, actually, things have started kind of slowing down since November. Hmm. So it was kind of just like going around to different locations, um, according to different clients who would Hmm. accommodate me, I guess. Okay. So you live kind of in the middle of all those three? Yeah. And I mean, I've danced in Lansing. Um, and that's where it kind of started getting slow at first. So I just branched out from there. Huh. So actually, that's one of the questions that we need to know is, what was work like for you before COVID-19? So it sounds like work was slowing down in November. I mean, mm-hmm. in my experience, November and December are excellent money months, especially December and especially the week between Christmas and New Year's. What was that week like for you? Um, I was actually out of town in California at that time. So um, this last year, I couldn't tell you what it was like, what it would have been like for me. Um, I did talk to a couple other women that I work with and they said it wasn't very exciting. So it was just kind of average according to how things had been in November too. I mean, do you have any idea of what you think is leading to less people walking through the doors or less money circulating? Um. Based on what different people have told me, like some people are getting a little bit worried because of political political climate, so they're not huh. as interested in spending money and they want to save more. Um, I think there's also just a lot of different um, different types of sex work available to people now, so I think sometimes that can affect it depending on what people are looking for. Yeah, like maybe stuff online is cheaper and more accessible to them. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've heard this argument before and I, I don't know, maybe I'm an optimist, um, but I don't want to believe that that's the reason we're making less money. I, I've always been a believer that, you know, being in person for the live event is much, much better than watching something online and that that will continue to be the case with other people. Um, but I don't know if I'm just going like, la, 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 <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to say. Like, I don't know either because like there is that physical in-person aspect that I feel like a lot of people look for and need and like, yeah, it's a different experience. So it's kind of hard to really compare them. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. It's just um, the main thing that I've heard from like actual customers and clients is that um, they're a little bit more interested in saving right now. But yeah, I hear that. I mean, well, especially now. Um, so what, and so more before COVID, what was, what was it like working for your employer, your manager, you know, do you feel, did you feel supported by them? Um, educated, do you know your rights as a worker, stuff like that? Um, so in two of the clubs that I've worked in, I would say definitely not. Um, and that's also part of why I branched out, um, to the third one. Um, the third one, like, we didn't really necessarily know very many of our rights. They weren't really explicit about that, but they were definitely much more supportive. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, they reach out and ask you questions and, like, hey, are you doing okay? Haven't heard from you in a while. You haven't been by the club. Um, like, that club, they also actually um, breathalyze us before we go home and make sure that we're not, you know, being unsafe in that, okay. sense, that sense. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm really conflicted about how I feel about that. Like you're adults, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's helping everyone to be responsible, and maybe they feel somewhat responsible. But yeah, I, I um, I'm really going back and forth. I'm ping ponging in my head about how I feel about that one. Yeah, it's tough too because, like you said, we are adults, and it's not that they breathalyze everyone. It's just like if someone seems like they might have an issue, they'll, you know, kind of check and say like, Hey, just stick around for another hour, eat some food. Okay. So they're not like, (laughs) yeah, it's not like a mandatory thing and it's not everybody. It's just like, it's just like when they notice that you had a little bit too much and you might not be in the position to make the right choice. Now I feel good about it. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for clarifying. Yeah, I like I literally had this like vision of all of you just standing in line with like. Oh God, no. Okay. No, no, nothing like that at I'm all. I'm so glad we cleared that up. That would yeah. be totally weird. Um. So, okay. So two clubs not so supportive. One is, I guess, and the reason I'm asking these questions is like when they when your clubs closed due to COVID. Um. How were you treated? How were you informed? Did they give you notice like what what happened in your world regarding like information regarding COVID yeah so I was actually supposed to work the day that the governor here in Michigan shut everything down Mm -hmm. so my manager reached out to me and he said so we're obviously closed um but here's a Facebook group that we're um like allowing you to be a part of and we'll keep you guys updated as things go through. And it's also been kind of nice because everyone's been supporting each other and like communicating through there too. And like, okay, you know, 
just kind of keeping everyone in the loop. I haven't heard anything from the two other clubs, but they're not like as important to me, I guess. Right. But so they're staying true to their pattern, which is like, they're not really there for you. Yeah, pretty much. And do those two clubs charge house fees and take portions of your dance tips and mandatory tip out? Yes. Um, Okay. The first club I ever started working at, the one here in Lansing, um, they make you pay your, your house fee before you walk in the door. Uh Um, Tip out is mandatory, um, even though um, it's technically not supposed to be, because um, on the other clubs that I work at, they say, you know, it, you don't have to do it, but like any service industry, it, it helps you with the DJs and stuff. Like well, it doesn't just help you, it protects you. If you don't tip out, you have a world of shit on your hands at work. You have drama, you have to have conversations, you have to dodge people. You don't don't get what you need. You don't feel protected. Like, you know, they'll tell you, oh, it's not mandatory, but you better bet it fucking is. You know what I mean? That's been my experience. Yeah, no, that's, that's how it is. And like, I always tip out anyways, because it's, like you said, it's a safety thing and it helps you do your job better too. Yeah. I mean, how do you guys feel about, do you, do you have a sense of the overall vibe or if you can't speak for others, how do you feel about paying your employer to work um I, I'm not a huge fan of like the house fee mm-hmm. um in certain clubs anyways mm-hmm. um like the first one because it was we didn't get what we paid for basically like we we didn't get heat in the dressing room a lot of the time we didn't get um fans or air conditioning on stage which like when you're up there for nine to fifteen minutes uh-huh. it's rough um but like at other clubs, they, they actually take care of, they actually took care of me and like made sure that, you know, we had toilet paper and like heat and, you know, things like that. <laughs> Basic things that people need. So I guess it's just like, yeah. if I'm going to pay someone something, I want to get what I'm paying for. I don't have a problem paying for it, you know? Gotcha. I see. So in a way you feel like if they were in service to you, paying a house fee is like kind of just a part of the game. That's the yeah. way see it yeah I understand especially because like I I know that in other parts of the country the club fee or like the house fee can be really high like a hundred dollars or more Mm -hmm. um here it's pretty low like 25 to 35 is pretty average yeah um only one of the clubs I worked at took about like 45 to 50 percent of your um dance fees um the other ones were pretty good so that that was like my only issue with that because 45 to 50 percent of your dance fee is exorbitant it's a huge amount yeah it adds up really quick and it hurts at the end of the night (laughs) oh no kidding no kidding um so so you said only one club after covid was like file for unemployment um what about like did they reach out to you to tell you that they closed or did they just let you find out on your own what was that communication like with all three um I like I said two of them I haven't heard anything from anything anything and uh the other one they reached out to me so that was nice and like they want to open as soon as everything's over so sure and what did they say about um I guess the one that's nice to you uh did they say that you guys have all your jobs back when they reopen yeah okay great yeah um and how are you surviving currently um 
Um, I've actually been working online, but then also I've had a few like regulars that have sent some money to just like help because they they miss me and then like, you know, they want to make sure I can actually survive. Um, regulars are so important and can be so wonderful to have. I'm glad that you have that support. Yeah. Um, and then last question, did you receive your stimulus check? I have not. You and have I've not. actually gone on like the website to see um, what I need to do to get it. And they said, I don't remember exactly what the message was, but it was like they undetermined or something like that for me so far. And I filed taxes, so I'm, I'm a yeah. little frustrated. Me too. Um, I also did not get mine. Um, mm -hmm. And I just heard there's a, like a lot of glitches in the system. Mm -hmm. um, but we just talked to another stripper right before you who mm -hmm. did get hers. So oh, good. Yeah. So it's not a sex worker thing. It's like a system thing. Yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. I was worried that I would like, cause I filed my taxes as a dancer and a student. So I was like, is one of those affecting the situation or? I don't think so. I really that's don't. Good. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay, great. Well, listen, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank All you for right. having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, everyone, we now have Isis on the line. Hi, Isis, thank you for calling in. Hi. Hi. Isis, can you tell everyone where you're calling from today? I'm calling from St. Louis, Missouri. Lovely. And do you work, Do you are you a stripper in St. Louis or are you just home for COVID? I actually dance in Illinois because we're sister states. Yeah. And Missouri has this weird jurisdiction thing where they're like, uh, you can have women in bikinis and there could be liquor so illinois has a 24-hour liquor license and way more free range of dance so i just drive like eight minutes over to illinois <laughs> oh i see so it's like you're super close to the other state yes That's genius got it okay tight um and how long have you been a stripper for this year is 15 years Oh, great. We've got a veteran. Yes. Yeah. Me too. 18 years. <laughs> nice. So here's what we want to know. We're very curious about what work life was for you before COVID-19, like before things got weird. Like, um, you know, were you treated well? Were you making money? Um, do you understand your rights as a worker? You know, what's the overall vibe you were experiencing before COVID-19? Um, well, I work for a club that has numerous clubs around the country. So um, I've gotten to work at a few of our clubs, but I am solely at our cabaret, which is like our mother club, one of our top clubs. And um, it's always been, I love my, the people I work with. I absolutely do. Um, if you ask any dancers, we all are like, it's the guests sometimes that bother us. Never each other, you know? Okay, like, yeah, so we have a good solid family. Um, it was a little up and down for the past few months, but uh, it actually started picking up a little bit before it got to this point. But they were keeping us aware of what was going on and what measures they were taking. And they still are now, uh, which is uh -oh. awesome that our club is keeping in you know, contact with us and letting us know what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it... I. I really had a great time working in there and like this is probably my this is my first time in 14 years that I've ever not worked. Right. Um, 
So it's really weird for me. And then I'm also part of the pole community. So like my day would be two hours, three hours in the studio and then go straight to work. <laughs> so yeah. I was used to that all week and then might pick up some extra shifts. So not having any work is kind of different for me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually one of our questions. So since we're there, we might as well talk about it. Like, how are you surviving without your work? Um, having no income come in is very difficult, but um, I've always been very aware of how I spend money and things like that. And I'm an extreme couponer. So okay. stockpiling has always been my thing. Um, I am teaching classes online. Um, they are not consistent, but they work for now when I do get the classes. Yeah. Um, waiting on unemployment because they have not released it for us yet. They're still working on everyone else. And they're when saying you say us, the month, what do you mean? What do you mean? For by any of the sex workers, um, any, well, they call them independent contractors. Um, so they are actually supposed to release funds for us, um, which our company did a great job of contacting the people that were wanting to uh, uh, apply and then giving us spreadsheets of what we made and things of that nature because a lot of us didn't get the chance to file taxes. Okay. So that would have kind of counseled us out, but they've given us a way to get around it. So now it's just a waiting game. So your employers helped you figure out how to get some benefits and your stimulus check. Basically. Yes. yes. That is really nice to hear. Really nice. So did you guys, did a lot of you and the, your coworkers end up filing for taxes to, um, I'm not really sure. Um, some, because some of my coworkers live in different States. Mm. Um, and so if you live in Missouri, they just released it. I want to say like two days ago. Um, and we're still waiting in Illinois because I file and everything in Illinois. So, right. And so at your club where you, are you guys, so you are independent contractors. So I'm assuming that you're also paying house fees and a portion of your dances and yes. mandatory tip out. Right. Mm -hmm. And what is like the overall feeling when it, when you guys, when it comes to that? Um, I kind of relate it to being um, a barber or a beautician where you're renting out your booth mm -hmm. um, because even though we don't receive any funds back refund wise, um, writing those things off do set you up for different things you want to do if you want to go get a loan for a business or if you want to get a house. So being able to keep up with that kind of paperwork, mm -hmm. you know, that's what the taxes are basically for. Um, but I've worked at other clubs where the house fee was ridiculous. And I think that um, my club seems to be pretty reasonable when it comes to um, the rent according to your schedule and things of that nature. So like, I'm okay with that fee. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, um, wow. Well, that actually answered a lot of my questions about like what happened after COVID and have they, have your employers told you, that you're going to have your jobs back when things are going back to normal? Or are they going to reopen and, re and have all you back? Oh, absolutely. They're just, they said they've been deep cleaning. Um, they always have someone there to, you know, make sure that the building's well taken care of um, okay. and still trying to keep things as normal as possible. And still uh, as our governor changes the stay at home, um, they will text us and let us know, hey, this is where we're currently at. 
We can't yeah. wait to see. We can't wait to see you all because we have a very great solid group of girls. I don't think any of us are not going to come back. That's great. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Well, um, you know, not everyone has that same level of support from their employers, which is why, you know, we wanted to tell these stories so that we can really get an idea of, of who's doing what and who's doing good in this world for their workers that they rely so heavily on. So I'm very happy to hear the good news going on in your area. So thank you. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, being friends with a lot of dancers from all over, I'm hearing different stories and yeah. it's just like, I, I understand because I've traveled and danced and I've seen how some clubs run in comparison to others. And like, I'm, I always say that I'm really blessed to be where I am. That's great. That's really great. Well, thank you so much for calling in. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone. I'm very excited for our next caller. This is Nikki St. John. Hi, Nikki. Hey, Amory. Hey, Nikki and I are buds. Nikki's one of the few people that calls me by my full name, which I totally oh. love. I love it. <laughs> Not that many people call me that anymore. I mean, both are right. I love it. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, Nikki, can you tell everyone where you're calling from today? Uh, I'm calling from Atlanta. Okay, great. Um, do you dance in Atlanta or is that just where you're staying? Well, I live in Atlanta and I mainly dance in Charlotte in North Carolina um, at a club called Onyx. Uh, I also sometimes dance in Atlanta, like on Sundays mostly. Um, but it, it's, it's a crazy situation over here. Um, sure. They're reopening Atlanta. I'm sure everyone's heard about that. <laughs> they're reopening tomorrow, but the strip clubs are not opening. Do you suppose that's because strip clubs require, I mean, there's really no distancing in strip clubs. I mean, we're literally on top of each other, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that that has a lot to do with it, especially because Atlanta clubs are really small and they get packed mm. pretty quickly. Um, as far as Charlotte's concerned, they're not uh, opening things yet, but those mm. clubs are a lot bigger. So I could really see the social distancing thing working there because there are so many like booths and like, um, you know, areas where a party could come and be, you know, sectioned off. But still, it's like if you have a party of like, say, six people and then you have five dancers over there in that section, you know, it's still like nine people in a very small booth. Yeah. Okay. Whew. Uh, well, that's, I guess, exciting for Atlanta. I don't know what the consensus is there, but. Well, there are a lot of businesses that said that they may not open because even though the governor is saying that he wants to open, a lot of businesses aren't really feeling comfortable with the whole thing. So it's going to be interesting to see tomorrow, like how many people actually do open. That is going to be interesting. I would like to re read the news about that. All right, and then not only that, but a lot of people here anyway are saying that they're not going outside once it reopens. Right, like, exactly. Who's, yeah, very interested to hear more about that. Um, so what was work like before things got really weird with COVID? Like, were you being treated well? Um, was the money good? Uh, how was your relationship with management, your employers, if you don't mind sharing? 
Yeah, well, the money was great. Um, we had a really big event called CIAA. Um, so I, I made a nice little stack, you know, nice little bag that week. Mm-hmm. And it really helped being that we went into this crisis where everything was shut down. Um, this is kind of like our, our peak season, at least in Charlotte. It's a really great season. So I was anticipating <laughs> a lot of money coming in these next few months. And it just threw everything off for me. Um, management didn't really tell us anything. They posted something on Instagram, um, and it wasn't like we were contacted directly. Um, the, the other club that I work at in, um, Atlanta, they're not even that organized to even have people's contact information on file. So like nobody, I mean, I know I wasn't contacted. And then, um, looking at their, um, information on like Google, it seems like they're permanently closed, the one in Atlanta. Now, the one in Charlotte is still supposed to reopen, and they've been posting updates on social media, but as far as anyone from the club contacting us directly, that hasn't happened. So we just kind of have to reach out to them or look look at social media to figure out, like, what's going on. I mean, that's, I don't know, it's, like, ridiculous. You know, you make the money. It's just courtesy, you know? Yeah, I think that a lot of the employees there, they don't even know what's happening. Like, um, Onyx is under Club Ricks. So it's like the only strip club that's publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange. So it's like so much red tape to go through. Like, I think if they were like a smaller club, um, that they would probably be more you know, people telling us what's going on, possibly. But even the management there, up until like the day they closed, they, I, I talked to like the house mom and she had no idea what was gonna happen until it was actually announced. And then there were conflicting things because one of my friends had spoken to another manager and he was like, oh no, we're still open tonight. And I was like, well, I don't think so because they just posted on the Instagram page that they're not open. So it was just a lot of confusion going on. Yikes. And I, I mean, there's plenty of companies that are traded on the stock market that talk to the people who work for them, you know? Yeah, like, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Uh, so in my mind, it means that they should be more on top of it, not less. Um, because if you're on that level, um, that means there's a, I don't know, it's a certain air of professionalism. I tend to err on the side of I defend the dancers. So hey, you know somebody has to defend us because yeah. it's not like it's organized, and you know we don't really know like what's going on from day to day. Yeah, no, I I get that. I get not them not knowing until the last minute, but I right. don't get them not communicating with you properly um, yeah. because you are the reason they make money. Um, so. So have they given you any information on how to file for unemployment or taxes or how to support yourself during this time? Uh, no, no. Mm-hmm. None of them. Everyone's just kind of trying to figure it out. Um, I also have a Instagram page called Pole Dance Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I hope I post a lot of videos of pole dancers and I myself have taught like pole workshops and pole classes, twerk classes, twerk workshops, things like that. And so now I have, I, I took a long break from teaching, but what I'm thinking about doing is teaching some things online. Like I posted something and I had a great reaction to it today on my personal page, um, mm-hmm. Nikki St. John, but I'm just going to go ahead and just start those next week because I just got a notification from a friend. Um, and she said, it looks like 
the clubs, my main club in North Carolina isn't going to open for another six to eight weeks. So that's like six to eight yes. weeks I have to figure out what I'm going to do. That's two so, months. And, you know, thank God, like the apartment that I live in is pretty cool. Like they're working with us and everything, but you know, they still require a notice from your employer saying that you are employed and you'll be able to go back to work. And it's kind of hard to track people down to give you that notice when everything's closed. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, how do you really reach anybody? Yeah. I mean, that's infuriating, you know, because you're right. You need, so I live with dancers and, um, I myself am not currently dancing. And so um, I'm in a different scenario as them. But when it came time, April 1st came around and we they hadn't worked in two to three weeks. Um, they were like, well, listen, it's Corona. I like said that to the landlords and they're like, we get that, but you can't just call Corona. You can't just like lift up your skirt and be like coronavirus, like over your head and like, ah, you know, you have to like provide proof. And so if your employer isn't willing to give that to you and your landlords need that, then what the fuck? What do you yeah, do? It puts you in like a hard position because you just have to like figure it out and, you know, make oh it make God. sense. You know, thank God I was able to figure it out. But, you know, I, I know that everybody else may not be able to to have somebody to vouch for them or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. We're all in different positions. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, even though, you know, we work in a cash business and we save money, still, we don't know how long this is going to last. So it's not like I'm in a rush to pay like major things like rent when I know that I need to eat every day. You know, I know. So it's just kind of like a balancing act. And it's like, okay, you have to prioritize like what makes the most sense. And then like, I had an issue with my wisdom tooth and then that needs to come out. Like Mm. so much pain. Like, okay, well, do I pay for my teeth? Do I pay my rent? You know? Right. And obviously, if I was working, it wouldn't be such an issue, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. I feel that. So one last quick question. Did you get your stimulus check yet? I did not. Now, um, my friend Erica uh, from Dance Freaks, she's also um, uh, an accountant. Mm. And she gave me some advice because I didn't think I could file for the stimulus check. Um, mm. But she said that I could. And, you know, I do have some... Um, uh, other jobs that I did that required like a, a 1099, I guess you could say that they mm-hmm. sent me at the end of the year. So I went ahead and I applied, but when I go to check on the status of the stimulus check, I keep getting like an error message and it's yeah. saying, you know, you may not qualify for it. Yeah. So then it's like, well, do I qualify or I don't qualify? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Some, some strippers are getting it. Some aren't. So it just, um, it, it just depends on, I think there's a lot of glitches in the system. So um, I think that's why you're getting that error message. So, And then it's like, well, who do you call to talk to? Because I called the IRS number and then it said um, that they're, they're not providing any live support at this time. But it's like, this is the time when we really need the live support because we really could use the money. Yeah. Not- yeah. Well, getting different stories from all over the country. That's why we're doing this. So. Um, thank you so much. We have our other callers ready to come in. I really appreciate you coming in and, Thanks, and calling. Thanks, Emily. You're welcome. Thanks, Nikki. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. We have our next caller on the line. We have Victoria with us. Hello, Victoria. 
Hi, thank you so much for calling in. Can you please let our audience know where you're calling from? Yeah, so I'm calling in from Las Vegas, Nevada. Nice. So yeah. do you um, work in Nevada as well, in Vegas? Yeah, so I'm a dancer in Las Vegas, and I can as well, but I'm mostly dance. Okay, great. So how long have you been a stripper for? Um, I began in 2017. It was kind of on and off spotty there. And then um, I quit for quite a while. And then I restarted 2019 and worked until I was way too pregnant. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm actually really glad to be talking to a dancer from Las Vegas because uh, a few weeks ago, there was an article that came out um, that said that sex workers weren't eligible for unemployment in Nevada. And then there was an edit to that article shortly after. Can you fill us in on what, like, what it's like filing for unemployment insurance and like, or if you're getting anything for the, um, the P PUA, the, what are they, what is that? What the fuck does PUA stand for? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm going to be honest. I don't, don't this part you might not want to put in, but I haven't filed for unemployment um, because my husband like supports us and everything. So that part of the article and everything, I saw that too. Mm -hmm. um, I saw that we are included, I think, somewhere as a small business, but I don't want to give that information for sure because I don't. Because you're not, you're not sure. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any friends that tried to file for unemployment out there? No, they didn't is what I know some girls started doing is they had other options. So mm -hmm. they either lived with family or they went to go see family or they just started camming. So they didn't have to file for unemployment. Because they found other means of making money. Pretty much. Was that, does that money like supply, like serve them? Like, is it enough? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's enough. And that's kind of, um, I guess that's maybe like a good thing and maybe kind of, a, a little bit of a bad in a way too you know what I mean like good thing that they were able to kind of jump to that side it was able to support them and you know take care of their bills and everything but I'm sure there's a lot of other girls out there that I did work with as well that didn't have that as an option that really only survived sure. is dancing. yeah the only way to survive is what they were only surviving from dancing you know mm -hmm. exactly yeah 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 yeah, so I worked in clubs in Vegas for a little while. I worked at the Spearmint Rhino for a few years, and I worked at yeah. Sapphire for like six months. Um, and you know, it's a it's a different, it's a whole different thing than dancing in California or anywhere else. Quite honestly, um, yeah, yeah. Are you were you working at the big ones? I mean, yeah. So it's funny. I did start out at Spearmint Rhino too. Um, who's a funny experience but over time yeah, I ended up at a different club tried some other ones in between Sapphire as well yeah. um but you're right it's so different here like is yeah. what I hear other people that they say is they get a lot of money like on stage or they kind of like expect Vegas to be a little bit different but I don't know if you agree too but it's the hustle here is just so different oh 100% I agree it's so different and what I experienced when I was in Vegas was there was 200 girls on a shift at once <laughs> and then the following year, there was 300 and I was like, oh, okay, this is getting ridiculous. And then one night yeah. I went to work and it was 400 and I was like, peace, <laughs> I'm going somewhere else. I can't. You're not going to be seen at that point. Oh 99 girls. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, the one that I ended up with, my home club, let's say, they, I saw like on my first night, you know, I was kind of being a little nosy. I saw in the corner that it said there's a max at 80 girls. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be my new place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you feel overall working in Vegas, do you feel supported by your employers that um, you're, tr you're treated well? Um, and that do you understand your, your rights as a worker? Awesome. Yeah, so I definitely like take the time to understand my rights, regardless of the club that I work at. Because unfortunately, you know, Vegas is kind of, there's a lot of clubs here. And just like a lot of places around the world, there are some where um, the managers definitely don't care. Um, you know how that story goes, they can be very um, un for the dancer, you know, they definitely don't defend the dancers when things happen happen but my home club they're pretty good I do feel safe and protected I feel more like they want to do more for us than they even want to do for the customer they're so willing I'm sure there's going to be people that uh, recognize me and know what club I'm talking about after this but yes the bouncers there like it's almost like they're willing to lose business for us that's great to hear I'm really it's so interesting doing these calls because okay like when I worked at the Rhino the manager there was a complete her completely horrendous boss. Um, his name is John Cristal, and he was That's just the one awful. that hired me. Yeah, he was an asshole. Sorry. Oh, he was awful, and I don't care who knows it. He treated a lot of the dancers very poorly, specifically me, very poorly. It was like I was like, he told the bouncers never to call my name to VIP. Like he thought I was a spy. It was very strange, and um, these are all facts. This is not you know the, literally these are words that he said to me. Um, so I'm not like, oh my gosh, I'm off as gossiping. But my point yeah. is, my point isn't of what he said to me. Like I could care less. Um, it it's the overall mentality of right. um the workers there that I experienced. It was very much like what you see in the movies. Unfortunately, yeah, that definitely, I can agree with that. Yeah, that yeah. was because usually when I see stripping in movies, I'm like, it's not fucking like that. You're getting it wrong, and then every now but then there is that asshole manager I'm like well that that one's right yeah no I totally agree with that so I was very happy to conclude my time there <laughs> yeah yeah I totally understand um so but you you're doing well you you have a partner you you feel like how how are you surviving overall with all of this so I mean it's hard you know I mean mental health wise it's you know you've got to find things kind of like with dancing you know you got to find things that keep your spirits up that keep you active and everything yeah. but um I've been still camming a little bit mostly doing custom shows or custom content things like that but yeah like you said for the most part I do have a partner um that helps out a lot with our situation mm -hmm. so it's a little different but we are very much so waiting for it to be over. I emailed my club, you know, like, hey, when are you guys opening? So I'm yeah. eager to get back on stage. Well, did they answer you? Yeah, yeah, he answered me um, pretty quickly. He seemed a little frantic. Sorry if you see this too, but um, yeah, I, I can tell that there's definitely some stress probably going on at the club. Oh, 100%, yeah. And so the other clubs that you're on the roster for, did you hear anything from them about like them closing down or what your options are as a worker? They did not communicate at all. At all. Um, no, they didn't reach out to anybody from what I, yeah, no, and I was pretty active at that club. No, they didn't reach out to anybody. It was kind of, if you call, you find out. Yeah, I mean, I guess how would they, right? Like, let's think about it. If there's 400 dancers, and this was back in 2004, 5, 6, 6, 
2005, six. And um, there was like 400 dancers on the roster. So imagine how many there are now. And that was just on one night. And so they probably yeah. have like 5,000 dancers or more on their roster, right? Could and be, so, yeah. Like create a mailing list? Like how would they, now that I think about it, how what, I mean, they take so much information. Yeah, or maybe just like, maybe they could, did they post it on their Instagram? Did they put it on their website? No. No, because I think is what happened was at first, I think when our governor said that businesses should close. Um, there was quite a few places that still stayed open. And then the next time that our governor had said something, it was, no, you must close. So I'm not sure if you saw, but even Little Darlings here, like they were probably the last club that was pushing being open. And they were only able to get away with that because they had like a, a distance, you know? So Yeah, don't get me started on Little Darlings. They advertise, whew, I'm getting hot. They, they were advertising that they were having hand sanitizing wrestling. Do you know yeah. Pools yeah. of hand sanitizer and making strippers wrestle in them. I saw that too. Yeah. Horrid. Also, they filed a lawsuit against the administration for discrimination for the um, exclusion of uh, sex worker owned businesses which I'm on board with that. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a huge offender. And um, I was very yes. disappointed to read uh, what I read about what they were choosing to do. Um, yeah. Me and my husband even drove around. I was like, I want to see if they're really open. I don't know. And I, I just thought, yeah, they need to close. Like, cause this isn't fair. Like all the other cl clubs had to close, you know what I mean? And it's like, mm -hmm. I saw one girl walk in, you know, she didn't even look like she wanted to be there. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. This has been, this has been an excellent call in. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for your time. I appreciate it. Too. Oh, you're so welcome. All right. Stay safe out there. Stay yeah, safe. You too. Bye. Right, bye. Hey guys, I just want to remind you to rate review and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at yes, a stripper podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at yes, a stripper podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Yes, a Stripper Podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to yesastripperpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at thequeenofsexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.